Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Spoken words, words that are spoken, words that are written, and written with the view and the intention of being given form, shaped by our mouths and our vocal cords. Podcasts are, of course, spoken word in a sense, but I've been on all these journeys recently to Alabama, to London, to Warsaw, to Auschwitz, to Krakow, to Berlin, to Prague. And in some of these places I found myself writing. And as I look at what I've been writing, I really feel like those writings are meant to be spoken. And we're coming to Hanukkah right now. We're coming to the first night of Hanukkah, which is always such a, a special time when we look out and the world's so dark, it gets dark so early, at least in this hemisphere, and the world feels dark, and then we, we know that we light that one candle, and and it lights up our worlds, and I feel like creativity and writing and speaking and being and connecting and holding precious and sacred space between people that's all all part of that Hanukkah light. So I wanted to share some words, some spoken words, some of what I wrote at various points in the journey. The first one was written after being in the museum, the Legacy Museum from Slavery to Mass Incarceration in Montgomery, Alabama, October 17th. 2018. I am haunted still by the image of the woman who sings with such fullness of soul and breaking of heart. This may be the last time you will hear me singing, Lord, I don't know. This may be the last time you will hear me singing, Lord, I don't know. Her song is rich and it penetrates with its continued faith in the face of such brutality and pain and loss and fear, a trembling and anguish I will, God willing, never know. And yet her song is the song of countless millions who have been and are still dehumanized in ways too painful to imagine. And yet she sings, and her song echoes into the earth, blooded by brutal barbarism and into the heavens where it is translated into the most sublime prayers. Next to her, two children in a cage ask, Have you seen our mama? Inhumanity separated families in the past and continues to separate them in the present, opening the wounds of those old memories and ensuring that they are not confined to history. The song remains. On a train from Warsaw to Krakow. On a train, a Jew watching the Polish forests flying past the window in silent knowing 
as if their deep roots and dying leaves have never stopped holding memory and telling stories. Hard to push away images of Jews in cattle cars seeing the same landscapes on a forced journey to their deaths, or the Poles watching indifferently, perhaps, seeing through their tram windows a people brutalized, dehumanized. Did these farms and houses, now hiding in the sunset, once hide Jews? Do the homes from which they were chased still stand as witnesses? Are there remains of burned synagogues amidst these quickly passing villages? Any remnants of that vibrant, lost world? I try to imagine what thoughts beyond how long will it be until death greets me, pierced into the minds of these terrified, humiliated ones, crammed into cars like animals. As I find myself outrageously irritated by my neighbor's legs too close to mine, or the conversations around me in a language I don't understand, I wake myself up to remember the horrors of those trains as mine pulls gracefully into Krakow where a hotel room and a clean bed await me. Block 19, Seelager, Auschwitz to Birkenau, November 8th, 2018. Sitting on moss and rubble and dirt with rusty tins of old memorial candles and an eerie silence loud in its lie, another horrific deception in this hell that greeted its new arrivals with the agonizing myth of hope to prevent panic, where so many went straight to horrific death, old men, women, mothers and grandmothers and children whose innocent faces are captured on those last ever photos taken as they got off the trains. Others came to these barracks where I sit now, crammed into wooden bunks, sharing way too few open latrines where the human stench mingled with the smell of fear, despair and suffocating ash where the skies were always red. Irene and her sisters were saved from this hallowed hellhold ground by a miracle, by kindness, by who knows what, in their escape from 19 to 17, spared by moments from gas and fire, a fate emerging from a chimney. And now I see a small herd of small deer scuttling through these ruins with a redeeming grace for an unredeemable past. The brick chimneys still stand in these barracks, attached to furnaces that did not provide enough heat in those bleak, starved winters, while the other chimneys efficiently pumped human ashes into the heavens. A strong sun reflects in the rubble, and on the hundreds of visitors scattered all over the camp, mocked into insignificance by how many prisoners living and dead pass through this evil machine. Polish schoolchildren, Israelis whose existential story depends on this and the blue and white flags drape around the narratives, not quite fitting. The Zen peacemakers sitting circled on the platform by the tracks, different faiths meditating for the peace of these souls and an end to our endless capacity for violence, 
for dehumanization. So many bricks, so many untold stories under the score of sweet bird song, nature's psalm for the agony of this place. Part of me cannot leave, needing somehow to stay here forever, and another pulls me to get away, to never come back, to wash death away from my body, from my heart. I must go, and before I do, I try to imagine the beautiful young woman that I knew as a loving, old, and still beautiful woman in this exact place where her courage and valour and hope and love smothered her fear and saved her from hell. May my precious moments of presence here honour those who lived and died and suffered in this makom. May their souls housed in bodies that were so tortured be at peace in an eternal embrace beyond place. To Irene from Block 19. Irene, Irene, I sit on the ground in the rubble of Block 19, whose number I heard you say so many times, Silaga, Block 19, Birkenau, a gruesome address mythologically imprinted in my mind. And now here I sit with Block 17 to my left, where you and your sisters fled just before the others went to the gas chambers, saved once again from the grip of the angel of death, surviving to tell the tale. How can I redeem the souls of the women who were crammed in here, who died so horrifically, and now you have left the world too? Silence and prayer. The peace of this place is surprising and overwhelming. May your soul and their souls be at peace too. Saturday night in Krakow, November 10th, 2018. Here they have Cheda and Chevre and Hamsa, bars, cafes and restaurants. The locals pronounce that CH like cheese, cheddar, rather than Cheda, the Hebrew or Yiddish for a room, a gathering space, a school. I wandered across the square for services in the ancient synagogue of the Ramah, Ramu, here, as Shabbat was beginning. Every restaurant is serving some kind of Jewish food and the klezmer musicians play popular Israeli tunes and classic Yiddish melodies with menorahs on tables behind them. Here, there were once dozens of synagogues and this square would have been buzzing with hundreds of Jews excitedly going to greet their Sabbath bride and bring her into their grasp after another hard week and taste that bliss. Now those magnificent old shuls cost ten zlotis to enter, to peep into the past, stops on the tourist trail, and now the throngs of former worshippers are sad oddities of a forgotten world, as Jewish life is consigned to a museum, a theme park. As I take my Shabbat walk, kipper-headed through the square, 
I wonder if I will hear, look, look, there's a Jew. And then I encounter a large group of young Israeli women dressed for Shabbat and singing, and we wish each other Shabbat Shalom. In the shul, the familiar psalms are chanted to transition out of another week, and we are a few short of a minion until another large group of American high schoolers studying in Israel arrives, bubbling over with spirit and ready to take over, and we sing and dance with joy as I wonder what the small group of local Jews make of all of this. Oh, another group come to save us, to redeem themselves from the past, to heal our ancestral wounds that are still open and festering, really, after all these years. I don't know if we are offering balm and bandages or salt. And oh, this place is so complex and we are so broken. And thank God for Shabbat and the possibility of connection through a deep shared language of prayer and ritual that can never be understood by this cultural voyeurism of borscht, kugel and klezmer. And as I have these thoughts, I learn about all the Poles who are yearning to know more about this people that were once a third of their people and that so many of them have a Jewish grandparent but they didn't know until now and they too want, need to heal the past and this is part of that and we cannot join that cynical chorus of but all Poles still want to kill us, they always have, they don't. Most of them didn't then, even though it is an easier way to tell that story, eliminating its nuance. There is no future without sharing a different story. The people I meet know so much more than I ever will about this thousand-year entwined history on this hundredth anniversary of independence. They tell tales of goodness, of kindness. So who am I to say there is none? Sunday morning in the Klezmerhuis, November 11th, 2018, hundredth anniversary of Polish independence. The Klezmerhuis is so Hamish, cosy and warm on this chilly Polish Independence Day morning with its promise of warm potato kugel and cake and lattes sipped with a sweet little nod to the lost ones who savoured kugel every Shabbos but never knew the luxury of a latte or that their homes, shops and shuls would become bars cafes and museums. Berlin, November 18th, 2018, Nefertiti's head. Museum Island is full of mysterious tourist treasure with its promise of the gates to ancient Babylon, impressive works of art and civilization, feasts for the eyes, inspirations for the soul throughout the ages. On a tight schedule, with a train to catch and the hope of catching a glimpse of ancient treats, the allure of the Egyptian beauty calls seductively louder than the rest, though the length of the line of people at the Pergamum has already ruled out a view of those iconic gates. And so it is without sufficient preparation or time, and up against the intractable rules of German officials, I climb the mighty stairs to the second floor to chamber 210 to catch a glimpse of the sublime painted bust of Nefertiti. I do, 
and then I go to catch the train, so aware of how my life creates anxiety and anticipation and expectation that diminishes the presence in the moment. I want to write about trains, trains of life and trains of death. I want to write about suffering and loneliness and despair and angels and the possibility or impossibility of redeeming sparks of souls of those who died so terribly. I want to write about all the shuls I have seen as a tourist, as a worshipper, as a Jew on a journey into a lost world. I want to write about the ice and snow on the river that was a moat around the fortress that became Theresien, Theresienstadt, with its shameful lie masking the horror. I want to write about how an ideology of hate dehumanizes the victim and the perpetrator and all of us. I want to write about ritual and honesty and prayer and the sad experience of hearing about Jewish history from people who might not actually understand it as if any of us can. I want to write about my compulsion to say Kaddish and memorial prayers in these sacred, scared places in the presence of those who might be checking off sites on their tourist trail. I want to write about my shame of how little I really do in response to it all, to the overwhelming impossibility of it all. I want to write about the fact that I don't really know what I want to write about or why I want to write it. As we enter this period of Hanukkah and the Torah tells us of dreams, may we dream of light, may we dream of, of hope, may we be alive to possibilities of redemption that bring us out of that terrible darkness Happy Hanukkah. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. 